Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Kerr. This is a Black Ink Podcast and today I'm joined by Dr. Maddie Moore. How's it going, man? Very well. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Pleasure. Great to be here. This is, um, I must admit, like once I kind of found out about the character that is Maddie Moore, <laughs> I, w- I was like, I, I got to get him on the podcast. <laughs> the character. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Funny. Well, it's because um, I found out about you through our mutual friend, Jordan, yeah. um, a long time before I met you. Mm-hmm. It was like, he told me about, actually, I think he told, he talked about on the um, Club Good podcast about meeting you and dealing with um, some trauma that he didn't realize he had in the past and yeah, yeah. da, da, da. And I kind of started his journey actually on um, plant medicine and, you know, we got us talking and thinking about doing something together and yeah. yeah. Yeah, the rest is history. Dude, Geordie's like an addictive person. When you're around him, you're He's like, amazing, buddy. Like, uh, absolutely one of the most powerful, motivated, um, bright young men I've ever met. Yeah. You know, he's just a great partner, a great friend. And, you know, it's been a pleasure to really get to know him and his fiance and wife now. And, um, you know, what we've done together is pretty great. Yeah, no shit. No shit. I think um, the good thing about Jordan is like he has this uh, like flywheel of ideas mm. and the ideas like even uh, like I catch up with him probably on a fortnightly basis at the moment mm. and he'll tell you an idea that you don't shelf but he does and then the next time he's talking to you is like yeah and if you did this and then add on to it you're like hang on that was a good idea that's now a great idea that I paid no attention to before. So then you start going like, right, everything he says, I've got to like make a note of he it. He pays attention, man. Yeah. And, and he's always thinking it's, it's, I don't think he means to. It just happens yeah. naturally with his brain. Which is awesome. Yeah. Which is awesome. You haven't got someone who's trying to be a, uh, trying to be a create, like don't, not trying to be, yeah, a, a creator. They're just organically in the way they think are a creator. They do. You it's know? beautiful, man. It's, it's, mm. um, it's almost art. It's like whatever he does, whatever he touches is pretty, pretty yeah. special. Yeah, no shit, no shit. So tell me, even though I just said I know the story, how did you two collide path? How did this all start? Yeah, so we um, moved down to Bunbury after being in Kalamunda in Perth and having a practice up there and met them on the beach. Yeah, um, standard. His- yeah, his <laughs> folks and hanging out, you know, walking the dog down. We had rented a place up on... Um, let me let this girl out. Yep. I'm sorry. Oh, good. Oh, he's a star of the show, Lily. Come on. And we're back. Yeah, so um, we all met on the beach and got to talking, and he, he had opened up Lost Bills. And yep. so I visited his bar after hours one night because um, I was working after hours for a clinic up in Australia, And so on my way back through town and on the way up to our rental, yep. um, stopped by Lost Bills, had a beer. We just kept talking and, you know, really got to be close and, um, you know, thought about a few ideas, one of which was like a, um, a mobile app where you, you know, find a dock in your area or whatever. Yep. And, and so we, we got to talking and, and um, I, I got into what I'm doing now and, he did the branding and um, really helped me start start the business and thinking about marketing and marketing myself and you know just as a regular regular dude regular GP and regular guy that people identify with and I think that's you know really great and we've done um, some some special things with the clinic now that we've opened it it's been open for a couple of years and um, yeah great great dude absolutely well, speaking a little bit before we um, started rolling 
you're, you're not like a doctor doctor. Like, you're a doctor, but like, when I look at you, I, I wouldn't see you walking towards me at the shopping center. I'm like, oh, this guy, this guy's a doctor. You know what I mean? Like, you're very normal, uh, if that's the right way to well, put it. Well, I, I don't, yeah, I just, I love people. Um, yeah. um, I don't think I'm different than anybody else that way. So, I don't know. It's just kind of how I've been all my life is, is really kind of eye to eye, shake your hand, have you over for a barbie, yeah. drink a beer, you know very aussie like right so yeah 100 percent. yeah um, just social and fucking cool you know yeah you know i think um has it always been the intention to be a docker since i was a kid yeah i guess at age five or so i i had friends whose fathers were doctors i really had a great gp myself got to know his family through uh, the school that we grew up in and, and identified with that you know position and um ability to to heal and help people and uh helped us as a family you know as a family physician so that was really kind of my ideal and so I always was interested in sciences and excelled in sciences and loved school and um, yeah just always wanted to be a GP so yeah just became a, a generalist and wanted to be a general doc ever since I was a kid yeah absolutely so I think um, something you just said then about having a family practitioner I think that's really important but that's a really as someone who's 30 and like I'm now, a lot of my audience is kind of the, that 16 to 30 range, I guess. Yeah. I think there's a lot of normalties that are starting to not be normal anymore. And having a family doctor and having a doctor that's a consistent person that you see is definitely, definitely one of them. What do you think is like, it sounds like I'm setting you up here, but like asking as a, as a, yeah, as a, is that what yeah, citizen to a doctor, it's got to be fairly important that you kind of see, like you get your someone and stick with that someone. So that if you're eight years down the track, you're like, hey, remember I brought this up eight years ago? Yeah, I'm totally. having this again. What's going on there? Well, yeah, I mean, you form a bond, you form trust, and, you know, you get to know families and know how they work, the, the inter-family relationships and, yeah. you know, psychologically and also physically, you know, helping families through injuries and illnesses you tend to get pretty close to people yeah. and you're kind of an extension outside of the family. And so that's really what I've, how I view my job is yeah. in, in that being close to people and developing that relationship is really important. I think in that job yeah. to, to do a good job and be close and, and take as, as best care of people that you possibly can. I, I think developing that relationship is paramount. Right. Right. I, uh, I, I, I think the reason that I get so like, or the reason that I like the idea of having a docker that's consistent is having that like accountability both ends. Mm -hmm. So I like the idea that if you go to like uh, my GP for the longest time here in town, like I remember, I'm not sure how it came about, but there was discussion about like, oh, we'll put you on these, whether, I don't know exactly what it was. It was that long ago now, but it was, but it falls into that category of drugs that I'm not interested in. You know what uh -huh. I mean? Like, I'm not interested in there's either addictive tendencies or like I know friends who have had problems with it or it may have even been like um, uh, prescribing to help with that. Not ADHD, but I don't, I don't want to say that because I don't think I have ADHD. Mm -hmm. But the like prescribing to, to, to help with the symptoms of that. Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely a lot of situations now where people are, are in these situations because they haven't had that consistency in their doctor. Mm. And because they haven't had the consistency, the doctor's done the best job in the position they're in where they see this person who's seen sure. 10 other people, sure. had 10 other opinions, and probably had eight of the same thing, said, said the same thing to them. They're like, well, you're going to be the ninth? Is this, should I just do this? Or what do you think? And the doctor's like, well, fuck, I don't know. Like, I, I, with the information that I've got, I guess. 
So I guess the question is like, I don't know, if you're in that situation and you see someone and you're like, look, we actually need to sit down five more times before I have any fucking real information to put together. Like, how do you deal with that sort of situation? Well, yeah, there's there's things that need to be handled acutely, right? I mean, you kind of have to triage a situation. Yeah. You know, if if it's if someone's at risk, um, you certainly intervene and 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 get a management together pretty quickly. But you know, things that are chronic. Yeah. That, I think, takes a bit of time to develop and, and get a history, see what's been done, and, and uh, develop that trust and talk about your management plan with that person. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. It does take several, several visits to, for a person to really open up fully and, and, and also for the doctor to investigate exactly what's yeah. been done in the past so you don't do the same shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think... Um also, you look at, it's funny how this kind of a ratio here where like, not the more you spend, but let's say the less you spend, the less interest you get from the doctor. Like sometimes I feel like, oh, I'm just the other half of the Medicare rebate here for you right now. It's not yeah. really about my problems. It's not really about treating them. Yeah. It's about like, we've got 30 time slots today and you're one of them, you know? Yeah, I think that's a function of really the system as well as maybe some poor interest in the doctor. Yeah. Um, you know the system where, where GPs aren't really rebated as well as they had been in the past, and so I think clinics are forced to see patients quicker and therefore get as many of those Medicare rebates in yeah. a in a day that they can in order to function. And so that that rebate hasn't been upped in quite some time, and so you get a lot of doctors that are running patients through as fast as they possibly can. Mm. Some doing a good job, some aren't. So, you know, that, that's, that's a function of the system. And then, you know, you, just like any job, you know, there are doctors that are, uh, there's a, a variability in skill level and yeah. interest. Yeah, definitely. So. Well, this is the thing. If you get all those doctors in a room, put them all together, the one thing they have in common is they're all human, mm. you know, and, and they're all, some of them have bad days, some of them have great days. Some of them are, you know, situationally going through great periods of time in their life and bad periods of time in their life. And, mm. and it's like, man, I, it's just, I think it's one of these things as a person who's mostly unwell. If I'm seeing a doctor, I'm yeah. unwell. Then it's like, you're having a bad day? Like, I've got a fucking flu that's riddled me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's that relatability again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Doctor and patient. I think, um, I think, I didn't know that that rebate hadn't gone up. That's, um, that's, that's probably the missing bit of information there, hey? Yeah, I, I, you know, I would hope that people look into that, but... Um, yeah, the system. I think the rebates need to need to increase and change mm. quite a bit, and therefore that would draw doctors, training doctors, back into the general practice system. Yeah, if they're rebated better, because we don't we don't we're not rebated very well as as opposed to specialists. Yeah, right. So um, I think that would draw a lot more trainees back into the the general practice training system, and therefore you'd you would then have more doctors in rural areas and, yeah, and, yeah. and good doctors in rural areas that want to be there. Kind of so. incentivized through more than just the problem solving. Absolutely. And, yeah. I think it's pretty simple. If you, if you, if you compensate GPs better, you know, through the system. It's a wide conversation though, because if you compensate teachers better, we get a smarter generation of kids coming through, ideally, right? Mm -hmm. And right. it's like, yeah, there are probably some key areas in like infrastructure, in medicine, in, in uh, health in general, in the teaching sector where it's like, yeah, there's probably, they're not probably, there's a lot of people not getting paid enough money for the weight they bear on their shoulders. 
you know? Absolutely. Teachers being, you know, most important. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Tell me, I, um, so now that I'm in the garment decorating business, I look at garments and I go, well, that's a heat press shirt. I think I may, may have made that. Oh, baby, that's it, baby. <laughs> I did make that, yeah. <laughs> you look at that and I'm like, okay, that's a heat press. That looks like it was made by Velflex and not printed here in the studio. So I do all these things. Yeah. Do you have any sort of like, um, you know, I see it as like a computer breaking down all the data. When you when someone's either entering your um, office or even when you're doing the shopping, when mm-hmm. you're in day-to-day life, as a doctor, do you have a, what, what sort of perception are you getting of the world? Um... I'm always observing. Yeah. You know, um, it's, uh, it's pretty obvious that it's been tough lately for people. Yeah. I mean, when you're out and about, people are less than kind to each other sometimes, you know, um, which I think that's unfortunately in, increased yeah. quite a bit. Um, so that kind of gives you a general view of people are stressed, man. Yeah. People, people aren't doing that well. Um, financially too, you know, um, so it's, it's tough housing. So I think it's, it's, it's obvious that we're, we're struggling. And obviously that stress trickles down, stress turns into inflammation, inflammation turns into pick a problem on the board. Totally, man. And, and, you know, all the, the post COVID stuff and mental health because of that, um, that's been a big part of what we're doing. Mm. And, and that's increased. And I know that's increased all over the place for, you know, not only specialty clinics like ours, but, um, you know, general practice, specialists, psychiatry, they're busy, man. They're really busy. It's, uh, I definitely, it's definitely an interesting time. I look at like, obviously everything at the moment is like, there's this wall before COVID and after COVID. And I think there is definitely a general um, like courtesy that is now missing. You know, like people- That's what I mean. Like the, it's like, it used to be like, don't breathe around me during COVID. Now it's like, don't fucking look at me. Don't come near me. Mm-hmm. You know, like don't, you're walking that way. I'm walking this way and that's, and I know it sounds crazy, but it's like when that, you get that thought track in your mind over and over, you're like, oh, that person was almost scared of me being near them. That you said it, it's fear. Mm. And yeah. that's really div- divided us even further, yeah. unfortunately. And the crazy part is you have a conversation, not that I have this personally, but I know many people that have this account, is they'll be, ha- they'll be conversing with their family over dinner, mm. over something that has nothing to do with them, like politics in the US. And then there's divide. And it's like, when the fuck did divide become so fashionable? Mm. You know, like the idea is meant to be like, I don't know about you, but I love the art of conversation. If you think I'm wrong, Let's go. Yeah, yeah. You know, but at the end of the conversation, like, you're still Maddie, I'm still Jake. But it's the butt hurt that everyone feels yeah. for, for getting their opinions, uh, a light shown on them. Yeah, yeah. And then questioned as well. Like, a lot of people yeah. don't like to be questioned because I always go back to this, like, if I'm wrong on this, what else am I wrong on? Mm-hmm. And do I have to pull the rug on everything that I've ever thought of before and start reevaluating everything if I'm wrong on this thing that I take really seriously? Well, isn't it important to consider your own beliefs and, and adjust those? And you're always evolving, right? It's, so that's what's wrong goal. with that? The whole goal is process, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I remember what you did in high school. It's like, yeah, that was fucking 20 years ago. I was an ago. idiot. Yeah. An idiot back then. Even I, I regret doing that, you know? Man, <laughs> so much. It's, uh, yeah, it's a, the weird part about being human is that like, 
Well, I'm finding now that I'm 30 and everything's slowed down a bit and I can think, yeah. and I can look around and observe and go like, what do I actually feel, you know? Is that all the people that were 30 when I was 18 weren't lying to me. So now all I'm trying to do is listen to the 40 and 50 and 60 year olds and be like, what, what happens next? Yeah, man. You know, what do I need to start paying attention to? All of them said, always answer with the first thing, health. Mm-hmm. Keep your health right, because if you don't have that, everything else slows down. Man, how, how much did you consider your health, you know? Up until like three weeks ago, not at all. <laughs> it's so funny, man, but it's true. Yeah. Like that, that perspective comes, it's like a, a switch. At some point you're like, oh, sh- oh shit, I better start mm. taking care of myself. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, to be honest, like that switch, I feel like a switch suggests that it's on and off. I don't think it's at the spectrum of which that, that, that the importance of your health. I feel like I've crossed over this new threshold now because like before I'd look for an excuse to get KFC. And now, every time we go to get it, I always get to the drive-thru and go somewhere else. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I just, and the thing that goes in my mind is like, I just want to love my body. I just want to love man. my body. Good awareness. It's like, I don't want to love my taste buds for the mm-hmm. next half an hour. Mm-hmm. I want to love my body. And it's fucking hard, but it's like, I'm only at that stage now where I can physically do something about those thoughts. Because you always know it's bad, mm. but now it's like the consequence of that bad has Yeah, changed. but a different perspective. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I think seeing... Um, so like my dad is 20 years older than my partner's dad. Mm-hmm. So you've got a combination of me being older than my partner and her parents having her younger than what my parents had me. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting that obviously we're, we're in a committed relationship and I spend a lot of time with both parties, with her dad and my dad. For sure. A lot more time with my dad. And um, like my dad, my dad acts the age that he is, which is 20 years older than her dad. Yeah. And, you know, and then I see people that are, say, 10 years older than my dad getting out of the car at Bunnings. And you're like, fuck, like, I need to actually be with my dad as much as possible while he can walk around and while I can have full formed conversations and do all the rest. Isn't it true? Fuck, dude, it's so scary. It is, man. When when your folks start start getting sick, Mm. um, you know, that that really opens up your eyes um, to the, the, the finite matter of, you know, their lives, our lives, life in general, mm. you know, um, take advantage every day, man. So let's take into account a little bit of exposure therapy. You would, would have been around more death, disease, illness, sickness than majority of, you know, average people. Mm-hmm. Does that help the like processing of that when it happens, even when it's close to you? Does that help at all? Of or, course. Yeah? Of course. Yeah, I mean, because when you're in those situations over and over again, um, you have an even better perspective um, and an even better appreciation because it's dynamic in each situation, Mm. you know, each end of life scenario, each passing, you know, all the the grief um, and really consideration in each of those. How can I, how can I respond? How can I support? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it makes you better at each one, um, for sure. And so doing that over and over again, it's just it's just like anything else. Practice yeah. makes perfect, and and um, you know, being better at it, being being a better support the next time. I mean, that's what we're that's what we're all about, right? Yeah. It's a, I was watching the second episode of the Conor McGregor Netflix um, docu series. Haven't watched it yet. Super interesting. It's super interesting. As a um, 
by the way, I fully put myself in the same category as Jordan as a creator. Yeah. I thought I was a truck driver once. I, I'm not. I'm a fucking fully creative artist <laughs> person. I, I know that. And when I look at, like, when I listen to Connor and the language that he uses and what he talks about and how he talks about, like, his path and how things are, like, undeniable in his mind. This is what we're doing. I don't need a guess because I do everything in the right order to make sure that it happens. I see it. I have faith. It happens. Mm-hmm. I, that's the, and then I just decide what I want to do next. I achieve it. I decide. I achieve, achieve it. I decide. And I was listening to him in this episode last night and the way he talks about going into the ring and like making the walk to the stage and like even making the walk into the gym when he was just starting, because he started quite late. He was like in his teens when he started fighting. Okay. And he said the anxiety and the like discomfort of going into the gym, which is of course like a a community energy space, yeah, a communal energy space that if you're not part of, it's a super fucking intimidating place to go to. Big These, time, man. Pe- people go to hurt each other. Yeah. They're training to hurt each other, right? Mm. And he goes, you know, the first time I did it, it's like, oh, the second time I did it, the third, the fifth, the tenth, by the hundredth, I was just doing it. And I realized that like, I am comfortable in this uncomfortable space. Muscle memory, right? The fuck else are we going to do, mm. you know? And I really feel like there's a, um, there's something there that like, you know, I, I keep, I, people who listen to my podcast are going to hate me for this reference, but wheelies, everything is about wheelies for me, right? Two years ago, I couldn't do a wheelie mm-hmm. at all. Now I can do anything you want on a bike on one wheel and that's now being translated into motorbikes. And it's like, I just kept on being uncomfortable until it became comfortable. Yeah. And I think that death is like the fucking far end of the spectrum where it's like, that's the most uncomfortable, especially if it's like my mum. Well, like I think about Louis dying every day because I love her so damn much that I just, I can't imagine that moment. So I have to expose myself to it over and over and over again because when it happens, I don't want to be caught with my pants down. Buddy, it's so true. Like um, I had the pleasure of of saying goodbye to my grandmother and all of that hospital time and, and, you know, seeing that, taking care of people, Mm -hmm. um, living end of life with, with those people really helped me, um, I guess, say goodbye myself, but also help guide my family say goodbye yeah. to, my, to my grandma, which was really special. Like one of the most special moments of my life for sure. So. hundred, I think that's. Um, that's I, it, like that's, that's living it right there. Being a man as well, you don't want to be weak, but to, to go through it pro- properly, you have to be weak. Like you have to be like, yes, this fucking hurts me. This is ruining me right now. Sure, man. You know, mm-hmm. I think, um, like I know, oh, well, I'm lucky and unlucky in a way. When my parents die, I have no brothers or sisters to help, but I have no one to help me either, you know? So, yeah, I, I've had no insignificant die around me, by the way. So, I've oh, really? no experience oh, whatsoever. Yeah. Well, um, each time is a learning process and different, you know, painful. I've had friends, family. So, you know, it's inevitable, right? But never fun. Mm. So you worked, uh, you, you worked in an emergency room, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've worked emergency um, throughout my training and then, you know, on my own and with teams and in the States and small towns and then started off in, in Townsville as a registrar, working under some amazing people. Um, you know, really great umbrella, a different system in yeah. Australia. And I really, I really like this system. It's very good for training. The, the, the upper tier, the, the professional, um, you know, your specialists who train 
um, registrars and you know underneath that it's a really good system mm. um, they 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 take really good care of you and they help you learn and so that was really special to come from one system to another and then um, tr try to master it too um, what so when you talk about the system like the healthcare healthcare system I'm assuming right what sort of differences have we got between the US and here well the US is privatized right so it's um, you know there are times when folks who don't have private insurance don't don't get care like they have to go to emergency for simple things and um, you know for instance there's people that have cancers that can't afford to get the treatments mm. it's it's totally different um, there is a a public system and, and it, it works but you know there's there's holes in any system so not not saying that one's better than the other just that uh, there, there it's are different. differences yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah and then and then moving from Queensland to WA working emergency in Perth and then when we moved down to Bunbury Bunbury Regional a little bit and then Bustleton more so over the last few years yeah so yeah man I had some really good experiences and some amazing cases and as you would imagine and yeah uh, yeah. yeah it's been fun that's um it's interesting that the privatized system in the US it's when I've had uh yank friends come over and ride or whatever and stay yeah and you talk about like going to the emergency room here and it's like it's like almost unspoken of for for like my US mates so like unless we have to we're not going to the emergency room it's like man i know people who go to the, the ER for a bee sting you know they'll yeah. cut they cut themselves on some glass they're like got to go to the ER i'm like bro i know it's very true yeah, it's very true. Different that way. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What's um? Is there a? Obviously, you probably ethically have your own standard. What's the standard of like being a doctor? About do you have any crazy stories you're allowed to talk about from an ER situation? Oh man, like there's so many. Gosh, injuries and um, strokes, heart attacks, all mm. all kinds of things, buddy. I mean, yeah, we could talk for hours. But I'm more I'm more talking about the ones where like snake bites. You come across a dude with a the dude that sat on the jar and it broke inside of his ass and had to deal with that like <laughs> I don't care about how you dealt with it. I want to know the conversation you had with him when he rocked up if you did see that guy you know oh there was um what was it there was somebody who rocked up in Townsville ED I believe with um like a, a, a dildo that was stuck in his back passage and hell yeah um had to deal with with that yeah you know as a um you know first person to walk in the room and throw mm. the curtain you know that was that was interesting is he on his stomach for that or what's that is he on his stomach laying down or is he on his back laying down to solve that problem oh like i, I he was he was on his stomach um <laughs> the, the nurses had you know prepared and put a sheet over him and stuff so yeah oh man that's amazing mm. You're a greater man than I. I would just, um, I'd be ripping into it every chance that I got, you know. <laughs> now you got to have some compassion there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So you're also a bit of an adventure seeker. You do I some do. skateboarding. I do, yeah. Um, I have a longboard skateboard and e-skate. Yeah. Um, an Evolve GT Bamboo longboard. It's badass. Yeah. It's so fun. Love that thing. Well, that's more of like a, they're the wave rider style boards aren't they with super loose yeah trucks. they're real flexible and yeah um you know fun to carve yeah so and and you can put 
um, street wheels on them. You can put four, four, four by four big chunky ones to go over grass and stuff. So they don't have the foot straps, do they? You still just a board. Stand. Just a board. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like you, you would ride. Interesting. Yeah. So I, you know, I grew up doing board sports. I mean, grew up around lakes and wakeboarded and, yeah. um, of course, snowboarded and skied my whole life. We we went to Colorado quite a bit from Texas, which is about thousand miles to. Point two, yeah, so right. right. Uh, two thousand two hundred kilometers. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. From, a crazy distance. Yeah, so we drove um, quite a bit every summer to to Colorado for um, hiking and whatnot. In the wintertime, we went up to Vail and many other ski resorts. And so uh, I love board sports. The one board sport that I'm shit at is surfing. Interesting. And I, and I think it's just because of of swimming and knowing the ocean and um, reading and catching the wave i'm just not good at it yet yeah you know, so. i think there's four things happening at once yeah That's there's what's going on yeah you know? there's tons of stuff going on and yeah. i just um i'm not a great swimmer and i'm I, I make a lot of motion but i don't get a whole lot yeah 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 <laughs> so, i always but, laugh at the old dudes or don't laugh at them i have a moment where I, you see the dudes that swim in the ocean every day yeah. from here to here and if you're sitting there drinking your coffee and you'll see them and you look away and you lose some shit, you look on your phone and you look back five minutes later. In the and same spot. They're in the same spot. And you're like, humans are not meant for the water. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Just <laughs> arms, legs flapping. Uh, All right, dude, you do you. That's cool. Yeah, that's me. That's me with a surfboard. No, um, yeah, I, lo- I love skating, man. My skateboard's fun. Yeah. Mm. I feel like uh, those um, real nice, like, carved boards, they feel like they're so much fun, that, but they're the moment before like a terrible thing happens you've got to be really careful yeah because they can go fast yeah you know up to up to 40 k's an hour um and yeah like they're they're responsive the brakes responsive so you know when people get out in front of you there's a dog you know you see you've got to be really quick yeah all Um, over it um you you sometimes i've had to hop off and you know, start running real fast yeah. and, and put, throw the brakes on. So yeah, you got, you got to be aware for sure. It's not like, you know, spacing out and yeah, you know, just letting do, whatever doing happen. your deal, you know, yeah, you got to be cr- careful. I must admit that, um, I, you, you know what fixies are, like a fixed wheel push bike, no brake, no gears. Yeah. Yeah. So if you pedal forwards, you go forwards, pedal backwards, go backwards. Yes. So I rode them for the longest time until I shredded my bloody right meniscus and gave them away for good. But, uh, you know, no brakes, no gears. Yeah. And then... My skates have no brakes. Um, and then obviously like skateboarding, you have no brakes, doing wheelies and shit. It's like doing wheelies in traffic and that. I feel like there's something about that flying close to the sun feeling on wheels. Mm. Like that's the shit where you just like, I can't think about anything else when I'm doing this. Yeah, it, buddy, exactly. It like, requires me. Exactly. You know? That's why I love mountain biking so much. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's just flying through the trees as fast as you can go almost close to killing yourself yeah you know every time <laughs> that's weird <laughs> hey that's weird like Love i hang it. out with uh with fucking animals that do stunts on harleys and it's like we're talking about you get one chance to fuck up your whole life if you cut if you fuck up and, and it's all good mm. you, you you're the cat with one tail mm. you know the exactly. next one's got to be bad and these dudes just wearing shorts and a singlet and fucking whatever. Ah, da, 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 you know, fuck, man. What are we doing? I know. I, know. I don't get it. Give me a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell. So, uh, what's the uh, what's the plan? You've, you're, you're two years deep here in Dunsborough. Yeah, man. Do you um, see yourself hanging around the southwest? I, I said before you came on camera, you're a bit of a, 
a local celebrity. <laughs> That's funny, man. I, I never, never dreamed of being that way, actually. But mm. um, yeah, I suppose so. I think when you're in the space that I'm in, yeah. which is plant medicine, um, you know, it's, it's starting to be in conversation on the lips of everybody pretty, pretty much, you know, from one, two, three contacts, you know, I yeah. think they probably know about us or yeah. know what we're doing. Yeah, you're two, de- you're two degrees of contact. If they don't already know, you're two degrees of separation yeah. away from everyone. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, but I guess, you know, being on the sh- pointy edge of the spear in this space, um, you get that way. And we've positioned ourselves as really a, a clinic that, that um, people identify with. Yeah. And... Um, you know, take good care of people and manage things. We're not just um, out there like some other clinics uh, taking advantage of the system. Yep. Um, I think they're out there and uh, they're being pretty obvious about it, unfortunately, but we're not like that. We've got a lot of different complex cases that we love taking care of with um, plant medicines and, you know, um, if they qualify, you know, because as you know, and I've got to say this, is that um, it's not for everybody. You have to have a qualifi- qualifying diagnosis and yeah. um, use first-line therapies. And if, and if you don't, then, you know, we, unfortunately, we can't help you. But if you do, there's, there's a chance that we can. And so it's, um, it's been pretty fun. And so, yeah, it's, it's gaining steam all yeah. over the country. We're, we're taking care of thousands of patients and, um, yeah, mo- moving, moving up here. Man. Yep. So we're... Up here as in into Bunbury. Yeah, yeah, we're opening up a clinic within weeks up here. So. I'm just excited to have somewhere where I can go and fucking harass Jordan again that's at work. <laughs> yeah. We used to, so my story with Jordan is I met him, let's say 10 years ago now, and he had the dark room, which is now Lost Bills. Yeah. And we used to go in there, uh, me and another mate, Craig. I think Craig actually met through Jordan. Yeah. But I remember Craig... Craig Lyons. Craig, Craig Lyons. Yeah. Craig, Jordan and I sitting around his desk for hours. On any day of the week, just take your pick at any time of the day, any day of the week, just for hours, talking, watching Jordan do his thing on Shock Mansion, going through cool videos on the internet and shit. <laughs> and it was, it was sweet. Jordan was just always that guy you can just go hang out with, have a good time. And now that he's, you know, got something happening in Bunbury, it's like the days that you're there, I'm going to come drink coffee in your office because I fucking can, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Bring it, good. Always. Stop yeah. by, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And you said you're going to be up here as well? I might be doing some shifts up here. Who knows? I, yeah. think, I think we've got uh, a, a potential full-time doc that we're talking to and training. Um, yeah. So I might be doing a shift or two up here for a little while just to get things kicked off. Yeah, but yeah I'm down in Dunsborough most of the time. What's the... Uh, and obviously I'm not sure you tell me you tell, you tell me if you don't want to answer basically no, that's cool. we can cut it out if we if whatever um, what's the difference between a GP and a GP who prescribes plant medicine absolutely nothing you know right. it's just a choice that I've that I've done yeah um, I've, I've done some extra training um, been paying attention to the worldwide phenomenon, to yeah. be honest, and certainly over in the States, um, what's, what's happening and how access has increased. Um, so, yeah, we, we um, are, are excited about what we're doing. I think it's, I think it's um, potentially a, a very good place for, for, for patients locally and around the nation to, to get what they need in a, in a real general holistic sense. Right. Right. Let's go back uh, a sentence. You mentioned before, uh, obviously you have to have um, 
a qualifying something. Mm-hmm. You have to have tried first line option. Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. Therapy. Um, have you had a situation where you've had someone that's come to you, had that situation, they're like, this is the next port of call, mm-hmm. and you've tried different things and it hasn't been a fit for them? Has not. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been some uh, some folks who've got pretty severe osteo wear and tear arthritis. Yeah. And, you know, the, the part of the plant CBD that's a really good anti-inflammatory does, for the most part, help most people yeah. with that condition, but some it doesn't. You know, it just, it, it's hard to predict, mm. Jake. Like, you know, each system is different. Um, whereas, you know, same, similar age, similar conditions, you know, even similar genetics within families, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work as well for some people. So it's, it's you know, I think it's worth a try if you qualify. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's crazy, man. I, 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 I've completely self-medicated, um, you know, plant medicine for a long time, yeah. for a long time. Sure. And it's in a way where obviously because of the legality, legality of it, like you don't talk about it with family, you don't talk about it with mm. particular friends. Sure. It's like there's this circle of people in your life where you're like, they're cool, they're not. And to the ones who are cool, we all have a fairly similar thing. It's like, hey man, like when I don't do this all day, every day, I'm a different person. Mm. And not different person as in like, I'm me and then I get fucking ripped. It's like, no nah, man, I have four, four million thoughts a minute. I can't fucking have a normal conversation that starts and finishes in the same spot. Mm-hmm. I can't apply myself to a job and just do that one job. Well, dude, you found your medicine early. Yeah, 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 yeah. And by coincidence and like somehow by being a fucking, someone who likes breaking the rules. It's like, that's what got me there. And then when I got there, it's like, fuck, if I do, like, if I do this, like, I seem to have this result. And then when, it's crazy, I'm just going to explore into my story a little bit here. Please do. I, like, gave up smoking because I had to get a job. I had Mm -hmm. to do the thing, you know what I mean? I had a business which allowed me to do whatever I wanted. I sold the business. I was getting back into the real world. Mm -hmm. I want to drive trucks. If you're going to drive trucks, got to pass a drug test. Simple as that. Yeah. And every day I thought about it. Every day. And I'm angry every day and I don't sleep properly every day, you know? And it's not one of those things where it's like, yeah, okay, maybe you don't like driving trucks. Maybe that's what it is. I'm saying as a general rule that... And that that's not a... That's not a psychological addiction. That's not a um, physiological addiction. It's just your symptoms worsening yeah. when you're not taking your medicine. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So hundred percent. And the and like now, still, uh, you know, obviously I'm still the same person. I still operate the same way. When I look at my behavior, and I, it's something that I like, I've made a diary that's. I've made a diary for myself because I know exactly what I need to keep a track of. Mm-hmm. Um, and like how much I'm smoking is something I definitely keep a track of mm-hmm. with routine like sobriety checks. Just like, hey, let's make sure that like we catch up on all those dreams that we've been blocking out. Let's make sure that we can get to lunchtime and still be, a, you know, just normal. Very important to check yourself. Fuck Always. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Always. Because I'm super scared of being addicted to anything. Yeah. You know, coffee whatever you want to whatever you want to fucking fill in the blank with and it can be even you know activity or exercise or a particular practice so it's like i really keep myself in check and as a creator you have to absolutely i need to make sure that my baseline is still jake and we build off that not off this thing that is you know encrusting around jake you know yeah because you can get off track you can you can get off track pretty easily and and i think um checking in is a very good philosophy in life Mm. very good grounding yeah 100 percent and going back to what we we're saying before about the this like 
division and separation between society at the moment. Mm -hmm. I think another as important thing as a checking in thing is the social check-in, mm -hmm. the communal check-in, having the thing that you belong to. Every mm -hmm. Monday night, I do this. I see these people mm -hmm. who are not present in any other part of my life, you know, and having that thing where like, oh, and you guys are skating around the city, is that right? Well, that's my thing, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Monday and Thursday. Yeah. Mondays we just do like a, a skill session. And Thursdays we do a lap of the city, get some food, hang out, talk Com shit. Community, dude. Community. Community. And like I never fully got it until recently where it's like, you know, someone doesn't show up two weeks in a row. And it's not like I'm messaging them because someone's paying me. I message them because I fucking care about them, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's that thing when I didn't show up once after GTM because I was still too bloody hungover. Mm -hmm. And I got eight messages from people. What's going on? Is the skate on? Are you okay? Where are you? You know, and it's like, fuck, man. There's the fully people that care about me and I care about them. And, and that um, conveys real value. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you mean something to them. 100%. And that sub subconscious... Like that subconscious thing of uh, someone messaged me first, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like that comes from real community. There's easy thing now where people go, you know, that that mate hasn't messaged me in fucking. Ah, oh, screw it. Yeah. I'm not going to message him. I tried calling him twice. He didn't call me back. And it's like instead of going, my friend is in a situation where they're not messaging me back or calling me back. I might fucking go around there and make sure they're all good. They're not hanging from a rope in their fucking back room or something. Two very different philosophies of life right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buddy. Yeah. But how do you get there, right? How do you get to either one? Because I've been an angry man before mm. and I'm a happy man right now. Sure. I'm happy. I'm all good. I have, I have days, but I'm happy. But the thing I have now is time and I have energy and I have the, I, I've afforded myself the comfort if I wake up on Monday and I'm not feeling it, I go back to bed. But the reality is most people aren't in that situation. No. They're in a situation where they work a job they don't like, making probably not enough money that they think they deserve. Mm -hmm driving a car that they can't afford in a house they can't afford now with a missus that has grown away from them because they're both in this situation and resenting each other because of it and then they go to call their mate because they're having such a bad time and they don't answer and they go fuck my mate even he doesn't like me he's probably rooting my missus right so I get it but fuck man community for me I think is like the step one in all of that mm. where it's like all that's going wrong come skating it's fun we have fun you know? Yeah, man. That's one of our, <clears throat> our tenets really of, of our clinic yeah. is community. You know, we do in those, that surf club and, um, you know, we want to do a biking club, skating club, and really, you know, um, be great to do a, an event together, community event. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, mode and black ink. What do you, and I'm just showing this on you because, uh, it's something that I, I kind of question, like, what do you think is a, say you're just a person listening to this and you want to be involved in community, mm -hmm. like you're like, yeah, you know what they're saying in theory makes sense. How do you find a community, do you think? Well, I think, you know, look at your, your own hobbies, look at what you enjoy doing mm. and see if there's other people doing that same thing, yep. I think. And um, there's community groups out there. There's ways to, there's resources to find those, those groups. Um, mm. Asking. Um, Going out by yourself, if it's skating, seeing who else is skating, you know, gravitate towards them, skate over there, there ask them who they are, get their number. You know? Yeah, and do the thing, do the thing. Yeah, I have found, I remember, because I didn't start the group, it was actually a guy called Gargan. And Gargan did this thing um, where like, he would chat to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how the fuck does he talk to these people? Everyone's weird that comes here. 
you know. But then you realise the only consistency in rollerbladers is that they are weird. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just weird people because mm-hmm. they decide to skate. But uh, I realise now that like as soon as everyone shows up, I'm like a, be- a flight of shit. I'm like, what's going on? Where have you been? You weren't here last week. What's what? happening? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been up north. Where'd you go? Who, what'd you visit? What, what cafe did you go to? What coffee do you drink? You know, it's like, because you realize that that, that like, and this is that uncomfortable thing. Back when Gargan was doing it, I didn't like that area of uncomfortability. Sure. You know, of yep. making myself vulnerable. You know, most of the time by 5.30 at night, I don't know about you, but I usually can't keep my eyes open. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm rocking there, I'm full of anxiety and like a little bit of paranoia and it's like, I don't really want to talk to him now because I've realized that that's where the gravy is. It's in that uncomfortable zone. And it's like by having the, asking these questions, they, they inadvertently learn about you as well. And then you build this connection that every day that you see each other next monday it builds and next thursday it builds again and then three months down the track you're like this isn't just someone who comes to the skate this is my friend yeah you know and it's like if we went and watched i remember we all went and watched avatar the latest avatar when it came to the cinemas the skate group yeah yeah and i was like oh i'm just going to the movie with my friends this is my skate group like i know these people all just all because you um forced yourself to be uncomfortable yeah yeah it's good Dude, hanging off the back of a bike is the most uncomfortable you can be. Because mm-hmm. if that wheel goes from underneath you, you as a doctor know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> I do. You know? I do. And it's like the truth about doing wheelies is you've got to lean further back and you've got to be more uncomfortable to do the bigger and better wheelie. Mm-hmm. But God damn it, when you start getting that, those, those uncomfortable results, you're like, let's go. <laughs> you know? The first time you ride past a group of four girls doing a wheelie looking at them, you're like, yeah, you fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's why you learned how, eh? Oh, dude, of yeah. course, of course. It's it's cool if you're ten years old. It's cooler. It's cooler if you're thirty years old. You know. Right on, dude. Yeah. I dig it. Fucking I. I dig it. Do you know how to rollerblade? I don't, man. I, I mean, I, I've, I've roller skated certainly, you know, yeah. through my life. I don't have a pair of blades, but I, I could probably. I haven't. All right. When you when you're working up here in Bumble, you're putting that to the test. Cool, man. I'll do it. Come along and it's fucking fine. do the thing. Um. Take some video and send it to all my friends back home. Yeah, they'll yeah, they'll yeah. really love it. <laughs> Let them know. What um what activities as a doctor would you definitely not do given your experience? Man, I don't think I'd get on a motorcycle again. Really? I don't. Nah. Damn, Just dude. Big, big scars and you know that does that for a person. Yeah. You know? So um I I wouldn't get on a motorcycle again that that's fuck that's crazy i told my mom i wouldn't mm. I told her i wouldn't so is that um when you say big scars and you indicated towards your head up here mm. obviously the u.s have a lot uh more lax laws about the use of helmets and i think they do even the standard of bike that's allowed on the road is completely different True. whether it's through law or just illegal riding you know i mean like here you're not allowed to ride a dirt bike on the road in the states you're not allowed to ride a dirt bike on the road it seems like it happens a lot in the states but it doesn't happen a lot here yeah so i i think the part of me that loves riding is like well what about this this and this good about motorbikes i get it though like i said the game we play you get one fuck up absolutely one yeah man so that that, i made it through that one and um i'm cool with not getting on one again honestly Mm. you had Um, a spill on a motorbike yeah 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 what happened um, so we were, uh, riding around in the Caribbean and, uh, had a wreck and had a scalp 
laceration basically right. from, from like here rip this part of my face open big lack here yeah um just being stupid and partying you know all day mm. and getting back on a bike and being dumb yeah so yeah i am um, i know the story without you telling me yeah totally mm. so um you live and you learn yeah so in a figure learn from it yeah and you know i'm okay with not getting on a bike again <laughs> yeah honestly and i ride i ride my mountain bike pretty pretty crazily you yeah. know so I, I get my adrenaline fix on that thing i must admit i could probably now but that i do I, wear f full face and you know yeah yeah i had a friend who is a fixed gear rider fixed mm -hmm. gear freestyle yep. so he's like tricks spins jumps that sort of thing on mm -hmm. a fixie mm -hmm. and he was doing a i think it was a keo spin which was essentially you're up on your rear wheel and you're doing this with your pedals to basically just do spins on the rear wheel like this and um the bike slipped out from underneath him he's gone just above his tailbone on the ground and then head smack straight back and he's wearing a helmet a race helmet so the point on the back and like you should see the helmets in three pieces did the job beautifully yeah and he was still feeling pretty queasy after that oh he would the next day I bought a helmet to wear while I was skating because I wear a helmet on everything besides skates and I'm like, oh, this is fucking stupid because Rob is literally the best fixie rider I know and he smacked the fuck out of his head, you know, and I'm yeah. skating in the dark yeah, on the road. Dude, only takes one time. Yeah. And yeah. you're, you know, you're a vegetable. <laughs> so I'm, I'm bringing helmets back, I reckon. Yeah, good, I'm making dude. them look cool. Yeah, good. <laughs> I'm hoping that, um, because it's fun, it, dude, and this is the thing, like, not toot my own horn here, but as a bit of a social leader, I wore a helmet and then the other three people that come all the time started wearing helmets and you're like, oh damn, I've got a voice. I've got to be careful what I say now. True. You know? Absolutely. I think I see, I see you, you especially, and actually know Jordan in a similar way mm -hmm. as thought leaders. Mm -hmm. Because I think what, you, what you're doing through your work and obviously through the relationship that you have with your uh, patients mm -hmm. is like trying to like reconfigure this stigma or this idea of what this is and being out because I know for the longest time it took me so long before having this conversation I'm like oh this helps me with my life yeah I had to get over the thing of like this thing's illegal like I'm breaking the law mm. you know what I mean mm. and it's like that's such a massive thing where it's just like no no I've accepted that this is what I do mm -hmm. you know well now we can legitimately treat you mm. for your condition, you know, if you qualify and you do. So, yeah, you know, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. 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 And like, and, and quite, quite honestly, you're, you're a, 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 an easy patient to treat because we know that your system is primed for it. Yeah. Um, your receptors are f familiar with the medicine and, you know, it's just about finding the right dose, the right strain and the right frequency. And then, you know, managing it appropriately in a medicinal setting rather than a recreational. Yeah. Not saying anything about, about how you use it, but like I think a lot of patients um, really benefit that way because they use less and they develop less tolerance yeah. by using less of the medicine. I think the two major things that I got was like the like tunnel vision of exactly what you're trying to achieve out of the medicine mm. and the fact where it's like, literally half you're smoking half within two weeks totally getting the same result getting a better result and you're like what the fuck am i doing before this you yeah. know because mm. i'm talking like i used to pump billies pump billies no, like was, i was getting paid a, to it's about excess and it's 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 kind of part of that culture where 
you know, your mates just pulled, you know, a huge tube and then yeah, yeah, you yeah. can do this. And it's, and then it kind of, it, it just builds on that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, well, I think it's that and the standard culture for Australian weed smoke recreationally is spinning it. And now you're dealing with an actual and spinning it for those who don't know is adding, um, tobacco to it, mm -hmm. chopping it up, usually 50, mm -hmm. 50. Mm -hmm. And I know personally that like, you're addicted to the nicotine. This That's isn't it. about smoking weed anymore. No. That's a byproduct of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're doing, you're smoking billies for the head rush mm -hmm. of billy smoke, you know, like capturing all of that nicotine in one hit, having it in one hit, holding your breath and then depriving yourself of oxygen, getting nicotine and then blowing smoke out. Magical feeling. I that's, love it. That's, that's exactly it. But you're addicted to that feeling. Yeah. You're not addicted to yep. the fucking, well, not, sorry addicted is not the right word you're not doing it for the result of like i'm getting something from this plant it's like i'm getting a very different result from the plant that i'm also smoking with exactly mm. yeah yes and you know the 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 whole blunt blunt culture yeah um back home and uh you know that that that's very much the same yeah what's uh obviously um smoking it is an ideal do mm. you i mean I'm pretty sure the like the immediate thing is to like if you're gonna have dry flour go to go to a vape right yeah like I mean that's that's pretty simple I mean you're not you're not burning the plant so yeah. anytime you burn something no matter what it is you're you're gonna get a, a a residue a tar yeah a toxin and you know carcinogen even barbecuing meat right on a grill there's potential for carcinogen in the smoke yeah. So even with cannabis, you know, if your choice is smoking versus vaporization health-wise, vaporization by far yeah. is way healthier. <clears throat> and this is dried flour, not, not your vapes, which are liquid. We're, we're talking about yeah, dried, yeah, yeah. dried flour. Yeah, 100%. We are loading the cartridge with grind. Exactly. Ground, yeah. up, ground up cannabis flour. Yeah. That other vaping shit, like the ripping oils that have been packed in china in a plastic body that dude you're in you're in for it like the long-term data who knows like Man. far out i've got friends that it's are, scary they're now in the years of being addicted on a 15 minute basis you know every 15 minutes they're having one two three five rips putting it down forget about it and then 15 minutes later the hand goes searching for it again mm -hmm. just scares the shit out of me man like i feel like riding a motorbike's one thing that's fucking way more dangerous i agree it's you have, they have no idea what they're doing. No, no. And like, the, I mean, we, we made cigarettes like smell good and taste good. That's what we did, mm. you know? And like, to be honest with you, when it comes to ripping a vape or having a drag on a cigarette, give me that cigarette every day. I'm getting the full body flavor. That other thing, like, this is the thing. Like when, you, when you're killing yourself, it's meant to taste like shit. <laughs> That's funny. You know what I mean? Yep. That's why KFC is a cheat code. That's mm. why vapes are a cheat code, mm. you know? So I think there's something there where it's like the accessibility, the cost to entry, the um, the fact that it does taste so good. All and they're marketing it to kids now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, they, they did the same thing with cigarettes, right? Um, and they banned, you know, companies like Camel back home with a, with a cartoon yeah. Camel on it because of the kids. And jeez. So yeah, we'll see, buddy. I don't, I don't think it's going to be very good. Um, lung wise in right. the next 50 years they'll they're, you know they're they're going to be studying it well 
on a similar on a similar note, mm-hmm. I've uh, heard this theory just lately. So I've got a major problem with uh, just not problem. I've I have observed a consistent change in the way people drive over the past, like let's say, five years. Because mm-hmm. obviously, being a truck driver. You know a lot about the way the road works and the way people mentally make decisions and Mm -hmm. the behavior of cars and stuff like that so i'm very like alert to how people are operating especially as a motorbike rider Mm -hmm. doubles down again yeah so people are just like like they're getting paid to doing 20ks under the limit all the time all the time pull out onto the 60k per hour zone someone will rush to get out in front of you and then do 20ks under the limit and it drives me fucking crazy so I had a podcast on the. I had a podcast guest that I am speaking to him about. It. He goes, "Yeah, everyone's fucking on antidepressants. They're they're on they're on you know SSRIs, blocking them out from the whole world, or blocking them emotionally, but like not giving a fuck about the rest of the world." Yeah. And you can tell. And like when he said this to me, I'm like, "No, no, no. It's bro. I see what you're doing. It's cute, but it's not what's happening." I think he might be right. I think he might be right because they'll slow down in the part that doesn't really matter, and then when they get to the lights, they speed up for a red light to then slow down again. You know what I mean? It's like they sped to get out in front of me and then as soon as just normal life takes over and it's not something where they have to make a decision, they just go back to zombie mode and they're whatever they feel like. <laughs> and they come up to a light and they're like, oh, 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 yeah, slow down. I don't know how you're going to prove that theory, buddy. Instead of, One know. at a time, pulling him out of the car. <laughs> Are you on antidepressants? Aggressively asking yeah. them, <laughs> what's going no, on in your life? No, Okay, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Obviously, there's no way of testing that, and and it, it's almost fucking immature of me to ask your opinion. I guess the greater question is here: Do you think there is a, a, a sect of society that is walking around a bit like zombies because of this? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, for various reasons. Mm. You know, um, whether they're under medicated or over medicated, there's yeah. that definite sect for sure, man. Okay, maybe the question is more that we know that in the U.S. Um, because of all of the documentaries, I don't know I'm off the top of my head, but the, the general thing is that like doctors are being encouraged, incentivized, incentivized. to get people on these particular drugs. Mm. Is that, do you think that's relevant and happening in Australia? Um, I think a little bit uh, as far as the opiates. Um, certainly over the past five, ten, five to ten years. Right. I don't think it's as much nowadays i think it's you know i think the tga and uh the other governing bodies have kind of clamped down on that a bit but it was definitely happening um you know you see the epidemic in the states you know 15 20 years ago it started to happen here with with endone and you know the surgeons being incentivized to to prescribe certain opiates and interesting all that so absolutely yeah Have you had any experience yourself, um, like post-surgery on, with opiates or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Very limited, but absolutely. I don't do very well on them. It kind of makes me sick to my stomach. Interesting. I have the same. Mm. I have the same, very much so. I um, like My experience is all, oh no, when I got my knee done, I fuck with them a little bit. But I think from memory, I was like, as soon as I could, I was pulling billies and just dealing with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I just, it was one of those things where like, I know, like I know what this is, you know? Yeah. I think... Um, what I see of them recreationally is so fucking scary. Really? Yeah, see, dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that at all. Like, I'm, you know, I'm kind of out of that. Man, I've got a friend. Um, uh, not a friend. He's like, you know, I have to be around him for particular reasons uh-huh. um, because of other people. And uh, I remember he started selling them. And I was like, this is, like, new. 
Because like I've, I've never really known anyone to sell, to specialize. I've, well, they've always been peripherally available everywhere. You know, kind of like Dexies, I guess. You can get them fucking anywhere you want within five minutes. Opiate's a bit like different because it's, it's, like, it's almost like that hard drug category. And this dude just went to like selling them. This, this is like maybe say six to eight months ago. Like he is fully fucking gone now like conversations with him everything it's like yeah you're talking to him and he's there and he's like handling it himself but it's like oh but he's, he's cooked he's gone yeah it's another person mm. you know and it's like oh that literally took no time at all it's rattling so yeah that that's that's what those do to your your brain and your system is that the the ability the receptors though the amount of receptors change so that you have to take more of the medicine in order to have the same effect right so that's why tolerance happens with opiates so quickly is it, it they're just highly highly addictive that potential mm. so yeah man um it's dangerous stuff in comparison to plant medicine where you lay off for, like if you give yourself a week break that first time back, you're like, who the fuck am I? <laughs> exactly. Am I 14? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's see what food we got going. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. But absolutely so important, though, Jake. Like, um, to, to be able to take that break and, and you know, reduce your, your tolerance, um, have those receptors resensitized, you're, mm. you're going to spend less money on your medicine. Yeah. Let's face it, you have to buy your medicine from the chemist, yeah. um, even in a medicinal system. So, and that is expensive right now. So what we try to do is obviously teach our patients to use as little as possible and yeah. having a tolerance break is huge. Yeah, I think also like one thing I learned as well is you don't have to be experiencing it consistently from when you wake up to when you go to sleep. Mm. Like I really do try and like experience it and then not experience it and then go, even give yourself an hour or two and then be like sweet we're looking at about 11 30 12 mm -hmm. let's get me sorted for the afternoon mm -hmm. so it's uh yeah i mean i've got to mature with my use as i've got to mature with my body you know what i mean because i've gone from like i said before like you know 10 20 50 50 50 50 big billies a day yeah you, you, that's that's mindful use is what you're describing you're right. you're extremely in the moment you're aware and you're you're um, feeling your symptom relief, you know when that's about to wear off, but you're not, you're being disciplined. Mm. So yeah, man, that's, a, that's exactly what, yeah. what we preach. Yeah, fucking yeah, get a hold of yourself, eh? <laughs> the barrier between people's, what is it, naive, naivety and information, mm. I feel like is just having the information accessible. And I feel like a lot of times when you talk to people, their knowledge on it, you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, I about? mean, there's definitely a, a um, a more harmful list of, of, of those. I mean, you go from one to 10. Yeah, I, I mean, you, there's, there's more harmful than others for sure. Yeah. But educating yourself, like, don't be stupid. Don't, don't take something that you wouldn't know what it is like you know it drives me nuts thinking about these folks at at festivals right with yeah. i think the pill testing thing is genius well i mean what are, what are your comments on that like i i think that's amazing dude really it's, smart it's uh, i don't understand why there's resistance to it to be honest because if i 
if I covered it, if, if I with a face tattoo walk into a pill testing resource place and test my pills and then walk out, am I then the guy with the face tattoo, tattoos who has drugs in his pocket? I don't know, but like in that situation, it'd be smarter to than not. Yeah. If you don't know what it is. I think coming to, like I said before, like I'm 30, everything's slowed down for me and I, do, I am having these internal conversations where it's like, you know, the risk versus reward is a big one that you have. You know, like mm-hmm. I can do this, best case scenario, have the time of my life, worst case scenario, I die, you know? And it's like, seems pretty pointless for a bag, doesn't it? Oh, but it cost me, whatever. Who fucking cares? Yeah. You lose this money or you die. Totally. You know? I think it's that life wisdom that helps making those decisions and, and the, uh, the young caveman brain that, yeah. that I had in my, you know, younger years, um, making those decisions were a little bit more difficult. I think <laughs> nowadays I'm like, God, yeah, whatever. yeah, of course. But does that come from a place of you having these experiences and having that wild man mentality for a time? And now you for go sure. like, I can actualize this for sure. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I've had my times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, you asked me six years ago, like, what do you think? I think do them all and see what happens. <laughs> you know, like that's my genuine feel. That that has been my feeling for most of my like recreational career, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's just like, fuck it, we'll find out one way or another, you know? And now it's like, I really got to know the guy. I got to know the stuff. I Hopefully I want to have like it been tested in some form before the day. You know what I mean? I hate, I hate like... In, in a situation where you're like, you know, you acquire something at the festival, it's like, I trust that the least. I don't know if it's from here. I don't know if it's from Perth. I don't know if it's from China. I wouldn't trust it at all, dude. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not at all. And unfortunately, you know, you, normally you're in a position where you're uh, perhaps a little bit more vulnerable to bad decisions as well because you're... Under the influence. Under the influence. You're a part of a group think because you're in this... Totally, and this mob pe- of people. Peer, peer pressure can be a big thing too, you know, mm. afraid of what people think about you if you take a stand for morals or your own feelings, you know, trust in your gut. Like, yeah. I'm a big believer in you trust in your gut, so. That's a hard one. That's a very hard one. I'm a believer in it too, mm. but finding that compass and knowing what it looks like and feels like and sounds like, and mm-hmm. then when it rings, going like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, I'm going to go this way. Yeah, you got to be able to, to hear it and listen to it. Yeah. It, it's there, always. You just got to hear it. Have you been an intuitive decision maker most of your life? Always. Interesting. Very high level of intuition. That's probably um, a lot of my intelligence is intuition. Right, right. I think that's... Um, what feels right. Yeah. It's, it's a hard one to, especially when the first time you experience a true intuitive thought is the opposite direction of what you think you should go, mm. you know, like, um, that's a challenging one. Oh, it's so it's see now I've, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an analogy earlier this year, I was looking at running for council mm-hmm. and I gave myself a period of due diligence, basically talking to as many people as I can, you know, like I'm talking two fresh faces a day, five days a week, all in different positions and occupations that can kind of tell me what the job is about what's expected of me mm-hmm. what i can expect and i got to a certain point where it was about six weeks of doing this and i was just fucking exhausted you know and it was a sunday and i was like telling my friend out loud like having this conversation I'm like man you gotta fucking 
and this and that person said, and, you know, I'm excited about it. And then all of a sudden I like listen to myself talking. I'm like, you don't want to do this. <laughs> you don't want to do it. Maybe there is a part of you that does, but definitely not right now. Listen to you. Uh, I, yeah, like seeing you as a politician and, and spinning, mm. I don't see it, buddy. I, th- I, I think you um, are definitely more of a, uh, a straight shooter than that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, my, my, defi- my thesis now at the moment is I'm more, I'm more valuable to Bunbury as a businessman than I am as a councilman. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's all this is about. I just cool. want Bunbury to be as cool as fucking possible. Mm-hmm. I want to live here. Mm-hmm. I want my kids to live here. Mm-hmm. I want you to, when you visit, go like, look at Bunbury. Mm-hmm. And if that's the goal, being in council, you're just dealing with the answers to questions. You're not the ones asking them. I want to be the ones asking them to promote this. So maybe later on when I've got a heap of experience doing this, I'm more effective as that. Right, but the point of all this is like I've now, I've now been living intuitively for a period of time where like that happens, and I go like oh I'm relieved because I'm like I've got the answer now, but but normally what happens well, not normally when you first start to live intuitively and you have these things where it's like your direction is the path you haven't been heading, you feel like that's the scariest thing because you're like oh fuck again we go back to that rug pulling thing do I have to reconsider everything mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it's like true intuitive thought or in, in living intuitively is like that ability to go like, that's the path, sweet, that's the path now, you know? Mm-hmm. How scary though. It is. How scary. And also, if you're a normal person with a normal job in that scenario I explained before where perhaps, you know, you don't like everything that's going on and your intuition is telling you quit your job at any expense, leave that chick at any expense, sell your car at any expense, and you're like, I don't want to because I've dug the hole so deep to the shape that I like it. I don't want to go up, you know? Mm-hmm. Quite the predicament. Quite the predicament indeed. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. Well, I believe we're uh, a good distance into the podcast. Is there anything you'd like to touch on before we wrap up? Yeah, not really. If people want to find you, what would be the most effective way of finding you? Yeah, look, we, we've got uh, website mode, healthcare.com.au. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Instagram, Dr. Maddie Moore. Um, yeah, my email, mattmoremd at gmail.com. Sweet. So, yeah. Do you have any um, community events, mode-based things that are happening in the future? We're talking about it. I'm sure we'll do something here um, oh, in our opening. Party. Yeah. For sure, something something cool. Um, you know, the buses have been running around town. And, Very cool. Um, yeah, we're we're excited, man. I think the buzz is is starting to happen. So, yeah, yeah. I love the low key vibe of the bus as well. It's not like you almost have to look at it. You're like, what's even being sold to me here? Like, I don't know what it is. Geordie is so fucking good at that. He's awesome. So good. He is. Right, dude. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Absolutely. Always a pleasure, Jake. You're the man. Oh, I try to be. And like, subscribe, do all the things, guys. You know what's going on because we're fucking out. Yo!